0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's that time of year when you look back and you look forward, and it's a good way to fill some time, actually, and also gets um, gets people that you've enjoyed speaking to over the year on the line with a really good excuse, as I said. With me is a great excuse. Uh, her name is Joanne Bainham. She's a wealth manager at Sterling Private Wealth in Cape Town. We haven't spoken for a while. A lot of water under the bridge, uh, Joanne, but I want to theme this. Your themes of 2023, your lows, your highs, not personally, but in terms of the overall markets. And also a brief look at 2024, please. That's nice and easy.
1: Oh, that's very easy. I I think the lows for 2023, we'll start with the lows. Yes. It's not recognising that a very small number of shares would do all the running. Uh, And kind of thinking at some point fundamentals would matter again and that people would look outside, a small number of magnificent seven shares, and that people would start going back to it saying, well, if interest rates are higher for longer, valuations matter again. And if interest rates are higher, you'd expect lower P multiples. Well, that clearly was not the case for a small cohort of shares. And I think the other thing the lows for 2023 was stupidly thinking that higher interest rates might lead to a recession in the US, which me and every single other person I ever spoke to thought was a, a sure thing, and that certainly did not happen. We've now come to recognize that a number of people in America, particularly retail clients or private individuals, fixed their rates at very low levels during COVID, and therefore felt nothing when rates went up because their biggest expense, which was their bond, didn't change because they'd fixed rates. And so the economy kept powering ahead. And I so said that was a low. The highs are, I think, surviving 2023. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the high for me. It's It's been a really tough year. You know, I mean, thankfully, most of my clients have very little SA exposure. They've had a bit of fixed income exposure because interest rates here have just been too compelling for words. You know, particularly when you put them into products that don't pay tax, it, it kind of, it's very hard not to say to a client, put in some of these higher income yielding client portfolios because the, the yields are so high. And then I have a lot of clients with global equity exposure. So, yes, I mean, it's not true that it's only a number of shares that went up. There were lots of other companies that went up, but the sheer magnitude of gains from a small cohort – kind of makes you question whether active management works. Well, this and is it. the we, fact that I'm even, sorry. Yeah, so sorry. We had
0: the same thing uh, with when NASPERS and Process were far more heavily weighted in the uh, JSE indices. We, we had exactly the same thing, but with two stocks. In America, they've got seven stocks. Eventually, it unwinds itself. I mean, obviously, in America, if you, if you trade the S&P, if you've got an S&P ETF, for example, there's 500 stocks in there. So it's a diverse portfolio, but with a skew towards these High flyers. So in a way, we've experienced this ourselves and that's been unwound. Whether it will in the States, has got nothing to do with closing discounts and uh, things like that, but it's got to do with other companies uh, catching up or the other ones falling back. So similar. We're used to it. And of course, when you look at the lows of last year, or which is still this year, South Africa is completely divorced from uh, the United States of America and they're the two geographies I'm going to use. Yeah, we were
1: totally divorced here. and I think it just... It hasn't just been a South Africa story, though. It's also been a China story. You know, people often forget that the JSC is essentially a leverage play on China. Uh, And it's very difficult for mining companies to do incredibly well when China is struggling like it is at the moment. And you would have seen the headlines out this morning. Their debt is being downgraded. Uh, You know, and we know they've got a, a, a property bubble that was just built over years and years and years of excess leverage and a and an employment market that's kind of struggling due to their COVID actions. Now, that probably won't be around forever, but that obviously impacts the JSC. Then you've got a lot of, you know, uh, scoring our own goals with, you know, Transnet falling apart. And on that subject, I interviewed a whole bunch of local equity managers last week. And on the downside, they were saying to me that if Transnet fails, so does South Africa, because you cannot have an economy where people can't get their stuff to the port or get stuff from the port. And in fact, that'll really hurt tax revenue. Now, the reality is it probably won't fail. But, but you know, we keep doing things that are ridiculous. ESCOM has been a joke for ages. And so there's a lot of like negativity. But, but equally, interestingly enough, speaking to these equity managers, and you might laugh at this, Lindsay, but they're saying that their portfolios have got 30 to 40% upside to fair value. These shares are so cheap. It's not like people don't know the values. <laughs>
0: no, so, no, no, Sorry, no, no, I did no. laugh. You yeah, said yeah. I'd laugh, and it was no. a nervous laugh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, okay, look, the reality is, and this is the truism about markets, you make more money when everyone's negative than you make when everyone's positive. You know, everyone is, you know, glass half full, nothing can go wrong. Generally speaking, it's hard to make money when everyone is glass half full and it's, it's so awful, it's about to fall apart, it's easier to make money. And I'm not saying SA is a buy and hold investment. I'm not saying that you should have all your money here. That's certainly not the case because most of my clients have their money offshore. But, but there are opportunities. Some of these shares are incredibly cheap. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it comes down back to portfolio construction again, It comes down to asset liability matching. But these guys were like, they, they, they spoke for half an hour about how depressed they were about South Africa. And the second half an hour the chat they talked about how cheap their shares were. Because it's in the price a lot of these companies. They are unbelievably cheap.
0: Yeah. But I suppose you've got momentum on, on your side and until the momentum changes, trade what you see on the screen, which is something that a, a clever trader once told me, says stop philosophizing, Lindsay. Trade what you see on the screen. No, no. And if it starts no, to no, turn then get out. Or, yeah, or no, change no, you're, your direction. You're right. hmm.
1: And it hasn't changed change direction it it still remains remarkably negative and we have got an upcoming election next year none of us know where it's going to take place yet and and, oh that's the one thing i guess if you're listening to this and you're trying to hang on to some hope okay is that the the ANC EFF tie-up was very low down in the list of probabilities from these local equity managers and they said if the ANC were to go to 40%, which is very unlikely, it would be the largest drop the ANC has ever experienced. So they don't think that's very likely. They say it's more likely the ANC gets to, say, 48%, 49% than does a tie-up with some of the smaller parties. But you, know, you never know. <laughs> this country has surprised us before. On the other side of things, and I know I put this on Twitter and people basically, a bit like you, Lindsay, have laughed their heads off. But if you look at the hmm. amount of new um, electricity coming on stream next year we should expect load shedding to be severely reduced in the next couple of years. No, We're not think that. it's going away. Yeah. But but there there is light. Excuse the pun at the end of the tunnel. Mm. And this one's actually gonna work. So so they are saying that like there's a lot of bad news baked into share prices. And if ESCOM turns itself around, if Transnet turns itself around, we get the election out the way. But but again, it's I get back to what I said earlier, it's about portfolio construction, right? It's still you need to have a lot of money offshore because not just because you're anti South Africa, it's because there are lots of opportunities out there. You know, you asked me what the lows were for 2023. Well, the reality is a small number of shares did most of the running. But if you're an active stock picker globally, there's some huge opportunities out there because not everything has gone up by 30, 40 percent. There are lots of shares out there that are pretty cheap. What you've
0: got to do now, and I said this to a commentator yesterday, not what you've got to do, but what I would do as a, with some spare time over the upcoming holiday period, is sit down and have a look at the history of interest rates and the history of certain sectors to rising interest rates and falling interest rates. So we've had rising interest rates. The general consensus the conventional wisdom is that they will start to fall in 2024. And therefore, which of the stocks that are poised for greatness should they do so? That would be my look forward to 2024, which I've jumped to. But you will. So note that down in your little scribble pad there, Joanne. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I can hear you scribbling. Which is exactly what I've done. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> but let's look at the highs of 2024. Well, the highs to me was the highs of the interest rates because it was threatening to hang around for a while, but suddenly the the sky is cleared and um, the birds are singing.
1: I I mean, I guess I'm not as optimistic as you are. I I think the market in the short term has readied far too hard in anticipation of rate cuts. And I also don't think the market's thought about why the cuts are coming. They they seem to be in this wonderful world of, oh, don't worry, rate cuts are happening because inflation's falling, there'll be no economic impact. Um, I'm still not convinced of that story, but that's what the market currently believes. I do also think that's the second part of the story is that there's a big difference between pausing and cutting rates. I mean, The market's gone way ahead of itself in terms of rate cuts. Uh, and Powell is trying to tell the market, you know, if you keep increasing liquidity in the market by pushing all the interest rates down, I'm going to be forced to keep rates higher for longer. And I think that's still the story because inflation still hasn't been beaten. And look, it's massively better. <laughs> it's hugely improved, but yes. it still hasn't been beaten. I think it's a very different story in Europe. I think Europe is looking like it's slowing very quickly, but, but the US is still very different. And the other thing is, I think we're not going back to the world that we were used to where interest rates were negative or real rates were negative. I don't think that world is gonna be around for the next 10 or so 20 years. I think we're going back to a more normal world. So if, if your entire business case was, was predicated on free money, I think that's a problem going forward. But I think a lot of good businesses aren't predicated on that. And they're not sexy or exciting and they're not involved in tech or AI and they're pretty cheap and they, they declare dividends. I think this is where you want to be investing.
0: Yes, I think you're absolutely right. Okay, just the lots of… Oh, yeah, lo- that, that's of- boring. <laughs> well, it's that time of year, you know, goodwill yeah, to all men. absolutely right. Goodwill to all men, including wealth managers. Um <laughs> What was I going to say? Okay, we've sort of sorted out 2023, except for your person of the year. You know, pretend you've got, you're the editor of Time magazine and you've got to pick somebody. Who was it last year? Was it Zelensky? I can't remember. But as long as you don't say Elon Musk, then you're free to come up with someone. I know you probably haven't got anyone on the tip of your tongue and no one sticks out for me either.
1: Wow, that's a great question. I mean, Elon Musk is the first one i thought about. Ernie, but I mean, it won't be my answer. Only because of his latest tirade against big
0: advertising. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Fabulous. I mean, I've got to, bring, I, you, I've got to uh, bring you to book on that one. First of all, <laughs> you called him Elon, which suggests that he's your next door neighbor or something. You didn't call him Musk. You didn't call him Elon Musk. You called him Elon. Like you've got this uh, incredible <laughs> connection with him or something. I don't know. Something happened there, which annoyed me. <laughs> and the second okay, thing yes. is that Number I don't two. believe it's very coof. Uh, which is the opposite of uncouth, to go onto a live broadcast and say those words that he said, I think it just shows he's common, a common showboater. That's just me, though. Your Look, response, I think that's please? that's
1: true. Hmm. No, no, that is true. From a being uncouth perspective, you're not wrong. And a swearing, as my mother used to tell me, was the lowest form of intelligence. So hmm. I, I don't think that's wrong either. But what I will say, though, we, we live in a society where the COVID warriors and the prefix keep telling us what to do. You know, you're going to put X out of business if you pull all advertising. And and it's kind of like you will change the way you run your business unless you do what we tell you. And I think, "Mm, I don't like that very much. I like the fact that he's called them out on it. Look, the fact is he can afford to lose all his money on X and still be absolutely fine. Mm. He's got that kind of money. He does. But I do think it was time we stood up to this. The world's, I mean, the I don't know establishment keeps telling people how to run their lives and maybe I'm frankly sick of it uh, and like the fact that he's called them out on it and yes Lindsay you are right he probably could have done it in a more um a better manner but I still like the message even if it was said in a profane way I, I like the message so that hasn't changed back to your question though yeah. um
0: can we just before we get on to Elon on Musk you keep thinking yes. That thing that he's just brought out, the cyber truck that goes faster. Oh my than my Can here. you see some bloke in Iowa who's got a truck at the moment? <laughs> going down to the the local agricultural supply shop or something (laughs) in one of those monstrosities at $62,000 for the entry level. It is the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my life, and it's destined to go along with the DeLorean motor car that appeared in Back to the Future as one of the biggest flops of all time. He says he's got 65,000 orders. No, he hasn't. He probably has 65,000 inquiries. Uh, which which doesn't involve putting $10,000 uh, deposit down. No, it is horrific. Thank it looks
1: you. like uh, a metal armadillo or something, those animals. You know, it just looks yes. utterly and completely ridiculous. I, I don't disagree with you on that one. Uh, and look, he has a marketing human being as well. He's very good at getting the, the fans to adore him, and I have no idea if he's got those orders or not. Mm. I, I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. But, <laughs> but he, you know, he is a maverick, and we need mavericks in the world to come up with new solutions. Mm. And, you know, one of the comments he made as well is that he's sick and tired of people looking good but doing bad things. Uh, it does feel like a lot of posturing in the world today. Look at me. Look at me. How amazing I am. I, I don't fly on a plane anymore. I need to do this. I do something else. It's just, oh, enough. <laughs> Please enough. So perhaps I just it it resonated with me. I'm trying to think when did when did Federer stop playing tennis? Was it this year?
0: No, um, when did Federer um, stop? Was playing? it last year? I think it was last year. Yeah, unfortunately, okay. um, so you can't include him.
1: You can't. I can't include Federer. I'm just talking the woman that was amazing. The Italian prime minister. She's pretty incredible. I liked her. You
0: mean she's, she's a right? Ra- oh, she's, she's she's. No, what are you talking about? She's a racist.
1: Okay, well, I don't know about her being a racist, but I liked her fact that she stood up for what she believed in. And this na- okay, hang on, The latest Argentinian uh, president, what's his name? Xavier. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: the one that uh, <laughs> that sits down with a, and has a seance with his dead dog in order to make decisions. <laughs> yeah, he's the real man of the year. Well chosen, Joanne. <laughs>
1: Can you see the theme growing here? I I like people (laughs) who who say outrageous things and and stop following the party line. I think that's where I'm coming from. Nobody in South Africa really stands out to me. Though I I did see Johan Rupert making some wonderful comments again about how Nobody wants to invest in countries that refer to each other as comrades and where there's no electricity or railways that work. And, you know, capital, intellectual capital can go to where it's wanted. So I think he was making some pretty good comments as well. I cannot believe nobody is sticking out for me. Um, I'm not going to good involved in Israel, and Middle East. That's just too scary for words. Um, oh, if you really yeah, want to be yeah. scared
0: on that and if you're of a delicate sensibility, then don't go to various ex-Twitter feeds about this 45-minute film that's being shown in New York to selected journalists. Uh, it's, oh, yes, it's, I have been
1: reading it. It's very disturbing. <sighs>
0: Yeah, it, it really did disturb me last night. It kept me awake for no, quite I, a while.
1: I have had a I've had a good I had a good cry reading some of the comments.
0: I agree night. with you. You know, it's transcribed the whole thing. It was horrible.
1: truly, yes, truly no, awful. I did re- I read it because I feel the need to read those things because yes. at the moment the way the world's working is if you don't like what someone says, you just claim they're lying and it's propaganda and I don't know how the truth comes out anymore. So, I've read lots of those reports and they are unbelievably disturbing. And I find it's, this is not a Palestine Israel issue. I find people who support Hamas and talk about wanting people to be tortured and mutilated very disturbing. I do. I find it very upsetting. I Mo- do. And that's.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mo- moving on now. So, person of moving the year, we'll have, to, we'll have to. Postpone. Oh, who's
1: your person of the year?
0: That's no, a great question. It, it's intensely intensely personal, and no one will have heard of him because he's a football manager. But that doesn't matter. It's my it's my <laughs> oh, magazine. It's my Russie. man of the year.
1: Can I can I choose Russi? Can I choose him? Who? <laughs> Russi? Can I choose him? Oh, you
0: mean Russi Rasmussen?
1: <laughs> yes. Can I choose him as the my oh, person of the year? Yeah,
0: Come on. <laughs> you can choose what you like.
1: <laughs> but I think that would have to be the person who's made. Africans feel really good for a few. Well, seasons,
0: that's very important, enough. and I'm serious uh, about it.
1: Hang that. on, hang on, hang on. Sia. I think see, actually, Sia has got to be the man of the year. I just, okay. the, the way he handled himself, the way he's treats, talks about people in this country, whatever color they are, whatever creed they are, he's just been unbelievable. He's a global icon. I've I mean,
0: talking uh, he's to the my en- son about him. Yeah, go on. sir. Yeah. I you. Your son, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: No, no, he was just saying that, you know, rugby is losing popularity amongst young people because of the violence in the game. And it's just not that relevant anymore, you know, compared to what you love of um, the way you love so much. But he just said Sia is a global icon. Everybody loves Sia. I think that's
0: true. Yeah, the thing about him is he's everything that Elon Musk is not. He is dignified. He is dignified. Oh, I mean, it's, it's like the humbleness that made Man- Nelson Mandela the, one of the greatest men that's, uh, in, in the modern era that's ever lived because despite the fact he was brutalised on, on Robben Island, he still invited one of his warders, his jailers, to his, to a big party. He forgave, and although he wasn't perfect, the fact is that he had this this quiet dignity and comp- compassion that some people don't have. Okay, Geron. has
1: got it in spades. He certainly yeah. has
0: done. Okay, ne- next year, I was talking about interest rate sensitive stocks. Uh, did you come up with anything? Just a, again, a little scribble.
1: Well, I think 2024, I'd like to see some, I think energy companies could come back. They've had a horrible 2023. And I think the competitive advantages they have around lack of capex, like oil supplies being cut. And if we have a... a softer recession. I think oil could do really well next year. I, I also like base metals. I think a lot of these companies, Exile Africa, where they don't have port issues, you know, there's just been a complete lack of CapEx in these companies. So, And value companies. And there are quite a few quality companies today that haven't had the same rally that the big tech companies have had with good companies, good ROEs, great margins of safety, brilliant moats. I, I think you are spoiled for choice outside a small number of shares globally. So that there's plenty of very nice companies out there. So, yeah, I'm quite positive about global equities next year because outside the passives. But to be fair, Lindsay, we've been saying that for years and mm. it's getting harder and harder to hold on to that.
0: Indeed. John. thank you very much for your contribution today and all year. We must do it on a more fixed and regular basis if you haven't thrown in the towel frustration. <laughs> but I think 2024 will, I think, yeah, my wish for that year is a return to normality. And the word normalcy must be with, withdrawn from polite society. People don't say normality anymore. They say normalcy. And what a I, terrible word. I object to it, yeah. So that's yeah, I do too. That's what <laughs> Joanne, have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. You too. And we'll speak next year. That's Joanne Bainham, who's a wealth manager at Sterling Wealth in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position